gonna ask you, put you on the spot. You gotta pick one favorite pick off the top. Who is it? I think I'm gonna take DuVernay. He seemed like a drill sergeant or something, man. I mean, this dude's buttoned up. He might, he's just very serious, no nonsense, has a chip on his shoulder. I always like that in a player. I'm a huge Ohio State fan, so I've loved J.K. Dobbins over the past three years. And from the time he got there, I felt like, this guy looks like Ray Rice. He plays like Ray Rice. Yeah. He's, he's small. It worked out pretty darn well with Ray yeah. Rice. Three Pro Bowls yeah. and Super Bowl. Sure. If I get that out of J.K. Dobbins, sign me up. What did you think of the virtual draft? Uh, I don't like the virtual draft because it cost me a trip to Las Vegas. So, well, well, Roger told you you get another trip there in 2020. <laughs> right, right. Welcome into the lounge. The 2020 NFL draft is in the books, and I gotta say, we better play football this year because I want to <laughs> see these guys on the field. I actually was thinking about that as the draft was unfolding because I'm like, there's a lot of talent here, and I just think that these guys can be difference makers. And the Ravens, obviously, they had a great season last year. They were the, they were the best team in the league uh, in the regular season, without question. And they and they got beat in the playoffs and whatever. But I, I just, when you add the pieces that they've added, they've addressed pretty much every hole with the exception of edge rusher. Um, and the players that they've added have the – potential to be real difference makers and i just am so excited who was your all right we got a lot to work through here i'm gonna ask you put you on the spot you got to pick one favorite pick off the top who is it um i think i'm gonna take i think i'm gonna take duvernay oh interesting okay you're you yeah you got uh you're buying into what eric DaCosta's selling he said he was one of his favorite players in the draft i really like him um and what's funny is like he, and this just speaks to how off I was this year in my predictions. I'll just admit <laughs> it. This was not a good year for me. Just bad all the way around. Because Duvernay, like I, I just for some reason didn't even look really look at him. And he, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, because I'm a real man and I'm accountable. Uh, <laughs> in our, in our chat, in our Ravens chat, somebody was like, "How about Duvernay?" And I was like, eh, "I don't know. Just nothing stands out to me about him." Right, right. And, and then we pick him. I was like. Mm. How do I find the delete button on this one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I agree because as I was going through it, we, we obviously, both of us had a taking multiple receivers, right? You had two receivers yeah. in your mock? Yep. And, yep. and neither of us had Duvernay. And when I would and read then he looked, about he, Yeah. Like, when I would read about him, it I just read, like, what I took away, which I don't think was really accurate. And, and I don't even know. I'm not going to blame this on the uh, the analysis here. Um, I'll just blame it on oversight on our part, but I just felt like slot receiver. Like I just like slot guy. He's going to be a slot guy. And maybe he does operate mostly out of the slot, but well, he does. I mean, DuVernay is a slot guy. Like he's everything that we said that the Ravens wanted, but we just didn't even look at him. Well, yeah, but when I say like, when I think of slot guy, slot guy almost implies limited. It kind of implies that you're like, "Ah, I can't really go up against the really good corners. Um, but, like, I don't really think that slot guy is always limited. Like, Steve Smith, you could say slot guy, but Steve Smith was pretty good. Uh, right. When he was in Carolina, he was mostly an outside receiver. But I guess my point is just slot guy, I feel like, historically means quick, shifty, um, but not great 
top speed. Like, but Duvernay obviously right. has great top speed. I think that's like what I see as a difference with him and the traditional slot guy. Like we always talked about Michael Campanero as the well, slot but guy. But that's not but that's not true. I mean, we were talking I was talking about KJ Hamler, right? Who was a yeah, speed yeah, yeah. demon. Who was a speed demon and like that to me was a great pick. And now you look at it and Duvernay maybe he's not quite as fast Maybe not quite as fast as Hamler, but I mean, we still weighing what a four three nine or something like that. Right, I mean, he's in the right. four threes. Um, but here's the big thing: he doesn't drop passes like Hamler does. Yep, yep. So, so I mean, just makes a, a ton of sense. And I feel this isn't the first time I've ever said this, but I feel like a fool, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's he. I think he's he adds something to this offense, and you put him and Hollywood out there together, and yeah. then obviously Prochet they get today. Well, uh, let me add one more thing on Duvernay okay. that really yeah. makes him my favorite guy is when we had the press conference with him t- this morning. Like, he still seemed like a drill sergeant or something, man. I mean, this dude's buttoned up. Like, yeah, you could you could kind of tell where they're getting the Anquan Bolton. He seemed like Anquan Bolton. Like Anquan yeah. Bolton seriously seemed like he could have enro- enlisted in the Marines and just that would have been his career, right? <laughs> <laughs> Duvernay seems like the same kind of dude. Like, he looks like. He might, he's just very serious, no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like that about him and, and has a chip on his shoulder. I always like that in a player. So that's why he's my favorite pick. Yeah. Well, when you hear, you know, John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta and Joe Ortiz don't necessarily throw around comparisons lightly. But when you yeah. just hear names like Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith get brought up, just in, in Derek you know, Mason. they're not saying yep. he's necessarily going to be those guys, but they brought up those names in yep. terms of describing things that they liked about Duvernay. That tells you a lot about what they think of him. So uh, I, that's a really good pick, and I, I can't hate that. That pick is your favorite pick. I'm still, I mean, my favorite pick, and this is, this is the low-hanging fruit, is Patrick Queen. Um, that's just because you took him in your mock. Well, that's part of it. That's the main thing. That, <laughs> that was where on, obviously draft weekend peaked for me is when we got Queen and I had him in my mock. But <laughs> he just, for all the reasons we spent a lot of time talking about, so we don't need to go too deep into it. He, he's, I think he's going to be a great player, and, and he's an ascending player. And that's something that I, that when I look at with what the Ravens have done, they seem to have drafted guys who they feel like haven't tapped out. Because sometimes at college, like like not to, to rag on your boy Epinesa, he was a productive but player. But you're going to rag on my boy Epinesa. No, no, I'm not ragging on him, but he was a, he was a productive <laughs> player in college. But there maybe is an, a notion that he is kind of as good as he's going to be. Where in, well, I don't know that you can say that. I don't know that you can knock production in college. No, like, I think, the, the I think reason that, for that, that was just the athleticism that he had at com- the Combine. Right. Yeah, but but, but uh, athleticism at the combine is a predictor of what you can do at the next level. I don't think it, but I, I think it's more than just well, he had a bad combine, that's why they didn't draft him. I don't think that's the case. I think if if they felt like he was had a, a high ceiling, but he just had a bad workout, then they would have they would have had no problem drafting him. I just think that they they took guys who they feel like have high ceilings, and Queen is a player like that. Um, I think Duvernay is a player who is like that. So, um, Queen to me is just such a such a good pick, and, and then Dobbins. Like I'm a huge Ohio State fan, so I've loved J.K. Dobbins over the past three years. He just... no no no, just stop it right there because in our chat on Slack, as we're getting ready, you're mm-hmm. like, I just don't think it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. I didn't think it was going to be him, and and I did not. I was surprised when he was the pick, and the reason I was surprised is not a knock on J.K. Dobbins. I just felt like it was a luxury item that 
you right. have a really deep running back group. Now the Ravens right. might have the best running back group one through four in the entire NFL. Yeah. So I mean, everybody was surprised by that pick. I can't so, knock you on that. J.K. Dobbins was shocked with that pick. Yeah, he said he was. He did not expect to come to Baltimore. And the Ravens straight up said that they didn't think he was going to be there at the end. Of the, they thought he might right. be there at the end of the first round and not the end of the second round. So my my feeling that they were not going to take Dobbins had little to do with Dobbins and more to do with the position of strength that the Ravens had at running back. Yeah. Can I just say right now, this is the Ray Rice pick. It's Ray Rice pick. Yeah. It's Ray Rice. And and I, I always, I, whenever I'm making comparisons, I got to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's just crazy. It's uncanny. I mean, the guy's like similar size. Uh, he looks, uh, to be honest, I've watched him for the past three years at Ohio State. And from the time he got there, I felt like this guy looks like Ray Rice. He plays like Ray Rice. Yeah. He's, he's small. He, he's, he's short. He's 5'9", 209. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Rice was 5'8", 206. Mm-hmm. Right? They were both picked picked with the 55th overall pick yeah. in the second round. Same number, right? They both came into the NFL with an established, productive, still productive veteran in front of them. Ray Rice yep. had Willis McGahee. Now Dobbins has Mark Ingram. I mean, yep. it's just yeah. kind of crazy. And then it worked out pretty darn well with Ray Rice. Three Pro Bowls and a Super Bowl. Sure. If I get that out of J.K. Dobbins, sign me up. I know. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is Ray Rice's rookie year did not have much production. You know, he, he was – and so that'll be something that I'll be curious to see how that plays out because um, – I mean, I, modest. I was, he put up 454 rushing yards. Yep. 30, yep. 33 was, catches for 273. 33 catches is a decent number. Yeah. But, yeah. It just was limited, that's, I though. mean, that's about, what I, that's about what I expect from the right. I, I, I mean, I still think Mark Ingram is going to be the leader in terms of carries – um, and production out of the running back position. I don't think that Dobbins this year is, at this point, you can think that he's going to be more productive than Ingram. I still think that Ingram is the lead guy there. And I st- well, here, But here's what it, here's the question coming out of that whole thing. What's it mean for Gus Edwards and for Justice Hill? Well, I agree. I agree with that. I, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I, think that, I think that it means that their opportunities are going to be really limited. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know who between the two of them is the odd man out. Um I, it, you could make a case in either direction, but I think that they're they're not going to get many. I mean, Justice Hill last year didn't have many opportunities because it was Ingram and Gus. Well, now how where are the carries going to come from for for either of those guys, especially the fourth guy on that list? It, it's yeah, I mean it's it's really tricky. I mean, I thought Justice Hill looked good at the end of last year, well, and I've that, always that, been and I've always been a fan of Gus the Bus. Like, I, you know, fans were asking in the chat, like, are we going to trade Gus or one of them, you know, before the draft is up? Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's a tricky it's a tricky one. I, I just kind of feel like as much as we love Gus and Justice, it's like if you have an opportunity to upgrade mm-hmm. at a, a position that's so critical as in a, a, a part of your offense that's so critical, like it, it's always hard to draw know where to draw the line in terms of, how much is the running back's success because of what the running back's doing versus what the scheme and the threat of Lamar and the offensive line is doing? Like, to parse that out is, is impossible, right? And I think Gus and Justice are, are great players. I just think that the Ravens obviously feel like J.K. Dobbins can be an upgrade. Maybe not, maybe not an, an upgrade immediately, but certainly long-term. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if immediately, if, if he's taking the second most carries uh, yeah. to start the season. 
I, I'm with you on that. I think he, I think he will go and I think he will take the second most carries. I mean, the Ravens said they thought he might have been the best running back in the entire draft. Right. So when they again, that's why they take him is because he's there at the end of the first round, and they're shocked that he's available to them. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's that's why he was the pick, and so you don't take that guy and then think, well, you know, we're not going to use him. He's yeah. We, have we like we like Gus too much, right? You know. Right, right, you know, if you felt like, well, there's no way that we would put him above Gus or Justice, then you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have him as graded right. as highly as you right. did. Right, totally, totally. Um, Here's what, what do you I think love. about the big boys on the defensive line? Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, d- defensive tackle is never quite sexy, I would say. Yeah, um, and and I know that with Broderick Washington Jr., I think a lot of people were saying, okay. We're, we're going to get the edge guy. We're going to get the edge guy. And there's what Bradley and E or an I from Utah, you mm-hmm. know, the Ravens pass on him. And I think that's going to be a question mark moving forward. Like you didn't draft, you didn't draft an edge rusher. Well, you know, why didn't you, you pass on some guys. Epinesa obviously would, obviously would have been the pick at 55. <laughs> had he not been scooped up one pick earlier, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I see you biting your tongue. Over yeah. There. Yeah, exactly. I, I can, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, I mean, I, which I think, who knows down the line whether an, an I is going to turn out to be a better player than Broderick Washington Jr. All I know is I like what Broderick Washington Jr. brings. Yeah. You know, here's another two-time team captain, three-year starter, flexibility on the defensive line. You lost Michael Pierce. You you really needed some youth on that D-line. I mean, Brandon Williams is getting a little bit older. Uh, you know, you, you re-signed Jelly, but that's not a long-term play, I would say. I mean, I think Jelly's uh, Justin Ellis. I mean, you know, he's going to be fighting for a roster spot. Yeah, with these two additions with Project Ross, uh, Washington. Certainly, certainly. Um, you know, right? You, you trade. You traded Chris Wormley, so right. you needed you needed guys and youth on that line. And and I like the two players that they picked. Um, I really like to see how do, how do you pronounce his last name? I'm going to butcher it. Metabike. Metabike. You got that? Is I, that right? I'm pretty sure that's Metabike. Yeah. Metabike. Yeah. I like the. I like a guy. Who starts crying and hugs his mama? Yeah, yeah. That's what I like. You, you know what? It's okay to cry. Oh, I mean that guy. He he was great. He was so emotional, and it's also it it adds to it when it's a big guy. You know, oh yeah, three hundred plus pounds who gets so emotional. I mean, he could barely talk during the press conference, which um, I just think is that shows you that like he it means a lot to him. Like it means something to him, and uh, and. I like that. So, and the other thing that he said, like, I'm just ready to work. Like, I think a guy who uh, is emotional like that, like, just wants to prove people right. Like, he wants to prove the Ravens right for taking a chance on him. And um, I think that's going to be an. Ex- he he adds an intriguing level of interior pass rush that we've talked about a lot. That the Ravens that's been missing had. for years. You know, they for tried years. to sign Gerald McCoy yep. two years ago and didn't happen. And we've talked well, that a was lot last about- off season. What's that? That was last off season, not yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and didn't happen, and so th- they're gonna. The Dominican I mean, Sue reportedly this off season. Yeah, Brockers. Brockers. You know, Brockers yeah. isn't like a great Dif- pass rusher, but guy. anyway, right. But um, and, yeah, I mean that's been something that the Ravens have lacked. The Ravens really had they had Brandon Williams, and then they got Michael Pierce, who was so good that you had to put those two guys on the field, right? And it, like they were spoiled with run stoppers, but that meant that came at the cost of pass rush up the middle and, and you just didn't, you had these edge rushers. I mean, this is going to help Matthew Judon and the edge rushers where you didn't make a pick a lot 
because you, mm-hmm. you have somebody pushing up the middle. Now, all of a sudden, the quarterback can't just say, all right, I'm going to take a step or two up and get this ball out. You have somebody coming up in his face. Now that edge rush has a much better chance of looping around and getting him. So I, I really like the Matabuke pick. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know how the Ravens are going to use all these defense because, you know, when it comes to pass rush, so – we have spent a lot of time talking about pass rush over the course of the offseason, but I think all of us felt like that it was going to be a mid-round pick because based on who was going to be there, well, not you, you didn't feel this way, but a lot of people felt like there wasn't going to be a clear pass rusher at the end of the first round who was going to be that pick. And so a, a mid-round selection was a likely potential for the Ravens. They obviously didn't do that. But in terms of just pass rush as a whole, they've improved the, the pass rush this offseason. Like, they added Calais Campbell. So, and that's exactly yeah, that's exactly what I wrote. Like, yeah, they didn't draft an edge rusher, but you got Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, you got two inside linebackers who are good moving forward. I mean, Patrick Queen is a great blitzer, super yep. athletic. Malik Harrison's a big physical dude who also has shown that he can get in the backfield. I mean, I think he's one of the leaders in tackles for losses and inside among inside linebackers. I mean, a guy who's position flexible. You can even put Patrick Queen on the edge. Uh-huh. I mean, you want an edge rusher, sure. Line him up out there and put LJ Fort in the middle. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I, I think that the Ravens have certainly upgraded there. They will get more sacks and not have to blitz quite as much if they don't want to. I, Wink will probably still just want to. But, <laughs> you know, they don't have to. And uh, so it's it's not like you have to have – you don't have to have the edge rusher. Now, I will say, I mean, you have Judon on a one-year franchise tag. Yeah. You have Tyus Bowser going into the last year of his four-year deal. And that and Jalen Ferguson. So next year, come around next next year. If we're if we're doing this draft podcast wrap up and said the Ravens didn't draft an edge rusher next year, I will. Yeah, I don't know. I'll take a lap around the house naked because that you know around my house because that's happening next year. Well, well, then we're praying for everybody's sake that they draft a pass rusher. Next year. <laughs> my neighbors definitely are. <laughs> um, no, I, I I'm I'm a hundred percent. I agree with you hundred percent. Long term, the cupboard is a little bit bare especially if judon's a one-year franchise and then leave yeah yeah um but okay so but let's just talk about this year they they added wolf they added campbell you have judon and i have said and i still feel this way can you get six sacks out of tyus bowser can you get seven out of tyus well, bowser like sure could, yeah i think you can here's the other part jalen ferguson get... we always leave out jalen ferguson for some reason don't forget about yeah. him yeah, I think he'll improve. And and here's the other thing: I don't think they're done at outside linebacker. <laughs> like, can here's the my question is: Can you get five sacks out of Pernell McPhee? How, right. how many? How many could you get out of Clay Matthews? Uh huh. And right. don't I know what people don't even bring up Jadavion Clowney? All right, if I see that in the comments of <laughs> one of my stories, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at somebody. Because you hate Jadavion Clowney? No, I love Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> but it's not happening. Um, so. I, I would not be surprised in the least if the Ravens were to sign a veteran pass rusher at, before the season started. Yeah, I mean, McPhee is a perfect example. Whether I think it could actually be McPhee, and I also think that it could be a guy like McPhee who they signed last year who and, yeah. n- nobody was talking about. It at, you know, And then he ended up, when he was on the field the early, the early in the season, he was, he was really good. Yep, yep. All right, how about my boy James Prochet? Cause I'll 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 say this about it. I'll start it off. There was a lot of minkering going on with James Perchet. Okay, I had I had uh, who was the dude out of Minnesota that I had? Tyler. 
clearly you were sold on him. Minnesota. Let me Google wide receiver draft. What's this guy's name? Hey, Tyler while you're doing Johnson. that. Tyler Johnson. So I took him, also another team captain, also a like, big production guy. He and Perche reminded me a lot of each other. And Perche was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Southern Methodist, this dude's got big numbers, captain, like returnability. Perche could be the pick. And I just, once again, I was off this year. Just went with the wrong guy. <laughs> I appreciate you admitting it. It's, I'm shocked that you are. Um, the real, we're going to get something in a second, but before we do that, I want to remind people there's only one brand truck brand strong enough to partner with the lounge and the Ravens podcast network. And that's Ram trucks, motor trends, back to back truck of the year. The Ram 1500 offers an available Ram cargo management system, four wheel corner air suspension, and a huge, huge make amount of legroom. When properly equipped, the Ram 3500 is a heavy-duty workhorse that boasts 1,000 pound-feet of diesel torque. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and take advantage of all the great offers going on now. Um, that was an abrupt one right there. Abrupt ha- were you uh, mid crochet? Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, you uh, are you still reeling from the fact that we didn't draft Thaddeus Moss at the last pick? Yes. <laughs> what What are the reports? I'm checking. I'm checking Twitter right now to see what the undrafted free agent reports are oh, saying. Oh yeah, I'm already. I'm already on that. Well, just go ahead. Has Connor has Connor Orr come to us? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and put him on the books. Yep. Not Connor Orr. Uh, Chris Orr. Chris Orr. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is he? I, I want him. I want Thaddeus Moss. Bad. Do I get a half point if we get him in, as an undrafted free yeah, agent? Yeah. We. You, you get a half point. We each of us get a half point if we get our. You know, because that's basically the equivalent of right player wrong spot you know yeah okay i agree with that i agree with that uh yeah that would be that would be really good not getting a tight end was a little bit surprising but that actually that actually was really surprising to me i wouldn't say really surprising i mean the, For, the tight end class the tight end class wasn't considered that great so who's year. the third tight end hey what about my boy scar uh, we're gonna are we going into the season with scarf as the is the third tight no. end i get no there's right. definitely going to be at least one or two undrafted free agents now but here's the thing that i think is going flying a little under the radar like the opportunity for an undrafted free agent to make the team is more dif- is more difficult this year i without with a doubt that. without a doubt i mean y- y- those guys make the team by impressing in rookie minicamp otas minicamp all that stuff like Without the opportunity to impress on the field against people that were drafted above you, either this year or last year or whenever, or, or some veteran, like you have to prove yourself on the field because obviously your college state didn't do enough, right? Yeah. I mean, now the Ravens have a lot of open roster spots, so I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm just saying it's an uphill climb. Well, that's that I completely agree with that because, you know, it's typically in OTAs and, and minicamp where you say, oh, okay, this guy, you know, there's a few, say, three or four guys that go into training camp who, as undrafted free agents, who you already feel like, all right, this guy's got a shot. He's got a shot. You know, you know when we do that off-the-record session with Harbaugh at the start of training camp, he always gives a few names. It's like, this guy's got a shot. He's got a shot. Um, and uh, now you won't be able to figure that out. You know, you, how, what can you tell from class from, from virtual classroom work? Not much. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I completely agree that it's going to be challenging for these undrafted guys to make it. All right. I, no, the tight end, the, the not drafting a tight end, it did surprise me. Because you go from Hayden Hurst, who was a first-round pick, and the Ravens run more t- three tight end sets than anybody in the NFL. Yeah. I thought that they would 
they would get somebody in the draft to say, all right, we, we got our, our third tight end. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. That is fair. I, I wonder if the, how much the offense changes because they didn't get some stud. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could add some guy. Chicago's got, what, like eight tight ends right now? So yeah. take one of them. I, I still do like the idea of trading for O.J. Howard. Don't sleep mm. on that one. I like that. Well, that's um, that would be a really interesting possibility. I mean, Tampa Bay is already kind of trying to squash that by saying, oh, we're, we can't wait to see O.J. Howard and Gronk on the field together. So, well, we'll see. All right, well, two more, yeah, we'll see. Three but, more but it was funny when when the Ravens took Marlon Humphrey a few years ago, there were all these people that were fired up about the fact that they didn't take O.J. Howard at that yeah. point. You should have taken O.J. Howard. Well, Marlon Humphrey's been the far better player this year yep. or, over his career. And uh, if, if what you're saying comes to fruition, then maybe they end up getting both of them. Yep. All right. I got a couple couple more questions here for you. Who is going to be the starting right guard? Is it going to be Big Country or Ben Bredesen? Big Country, a.k.a. Tyree Phillips. Big Country is his, his actual God-given name. <laughs> <laughs> Tyree Phillips is his nickname. I'm just his making that. I'm just Country making was... that. Yeah, I'm just making the change right now. Put Big Country on the back of his jersey. He, that was his answer on that was just incredible. Um, <laughs> so you think it's guaranteed to be one of those two guys because you're not throwing Ben Powers into the mix? Uh, no, Ben Powers should definitely be in the mix. I'm sorry, I, I left Ben and Powers out. He should be in the mix. I, I would probably lean towards Tyree Phillips. That's the way I'm leaning. Um, but I, I would not rule out Ben Powers. Uh, I would not rule I out just, Ben Powers. Physic, physically, Tyree Phillips is is a more imposing guy. I, that, like, he's got the I'm, tools. I mean, look, I'm basing this off of literally never seeing the guy in an NFL practice. So right. uh, talk about early snap judgments. But uh, he, like just physically, this is basically just the physical consideration here. He fits what you want. We kept talking about finding a guy who is reminiscent of Kalecio Semele and being a huge, a huge guy who can be a downhill blocker. And Tyree Phillips is certainly that guy. Yeah, the, I think the thing that comes into play here again is how many practices does Tyree Phillips get? And he's you never know? played guard. And he's never played guard, right? If he's never, he's never played guard. Which, yeah, I really nailed that question. In <laughs> oh boy, egg on my face. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, if he's never played guard and he doesn't practice all summer at guard, uh, you know, with a team, mm-hmm. then uh, that that's difficult. Then yeah. maybe maybe you see Ben Powers open the season as the guy, and Tyree Phillips comes in. I, ben Bredesen though is a very solid player, very solid pick. Reminds me of like a Rick Wagner. Just take the the Big Ten corn fed, serious, no nonsense. Yeah guy who gets uh-huh. the job done like maybe you know what maybe he doesn't have the longest arms so what maybe yeah. he's not the fastest guy so what you know what he does just kicks butt and gets the job done in a power conference in a yeah. big boy conference yeah yeah absolutely that that is 100 percent true yep. that is 100 percent I, I what i wonder i mean he was a left guard just i don't think that he would challenge probably or or certainly beat out bradley bozeman at the start of it but it's gonna add competition i mean bradley was good he was good last year but everybody needs competition. And, like, what about McCary? If, if Skur is right. healthy, does McCary get into the guard competition? I think well, just the guard competition at both left and right is going to be really good this year. I just think, though, actually, I'll, I'll throw center into the mix, too, because could Bozeman – Bozeman was a college center. Could he go back to center? That's an interesting uh, – it's an interesting thought. Like, like, what happens with all three of those spots? Let's just say you were to put Bozeman back at center. Could you put then Big Country at right guard and Bredesen? At left guard, I don't know. You know, you still have Skura. Um, it depends who, on his health. 
Obviously. Yeah, I think if Skur is healthy, he's your starting center. Right. Um, But I do think that (laughs) there's more questions than answers there, I think, on all three of those spots. I I just think that it's – like I don't think it's like – What the Ravens did – go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, what the Ravens did is they just took the in, the inside of their offensive line, the interior offensive line, and said, we're going to have a really good competition. Let's see who wins. Yeah, yeah. We'll cream a rise to the top, and we'll just put a, make a bunch of competition for all these guys. And you can move them between spots, potentially. You know, yep. like, is Tyree Phillips only a right guard candidate? Could he play left guard? You know, he's not going to play yep. center, but um, Bredesen yep. could play. Could he play all three? Yep. So, um, all right, here's another question I have for you. Not so much a question, but I think something that we should talk about is the double dip at inside linebacker. At linebacker, yeah. Didn't That's see a, it coming. Did no, not see I, it coming, at, and I don't know why, because it was really like one of the thinnest, the, probably the thinnest position on the team. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm like, I'm fired up about those two. I, it just reminds me of the 49ers back in the day. Who was it? That they, they had uh, Patrick Willis, and who was that guy that was next to him that was real good? I don't know. I'm not sure who you're thinking of oh, him man. being. Now I got to hit up Google again. I, you know what? I got to start <laughs> doing this research before I make these comments. No, I mean, it's the fun, you know, and, and they actually, like, Malik Harrison sort of embraced the thunder and lightning comparison, that that he's the thunder and then Patrick Queen's the speed guy and the lightning. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that would be an interesting possibility is having, is having those two guys next to each other. I mean, Malik Harrison – is somebody who was built to play in the AFC North. He's yep. he's rugged. He can go Navarro out there. Navarro Bowman. Oh, Navarro Bowman. Right, right, right. Of course. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but Malik Harrison is again just built for the AFC North football. Can throw his nose in the middle of a pile. Makes a ton of tackles. Um, stops the run. So while Queen Queen is a much more flashy player, I, but I am surprised that they went like like there was all the talk. No one cares about linebackers. Linebackers are a devalued position. You're not going to take one in the first round. Maybe Joe not. Joe Ortiz didn't say that. Joe Ortiz I know, but said I'm saying opposite. outside, outside, yeah. you know, the outside narrative. And I think that there was a narrative of, well, heck, the Ravens brought two guys in off the street last year, and Josh Bynes and LJ Fort. They did pretty well. So right. why invest resources there? Oh, we got to bring in our boy Ken McCusick to talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> he was higher on. He was higher on Queen. That's true. That's true. Um, but. But yeah, so that was that was a notion that uh, I think was out there, and so the Ravens, you know, went the other direction on that one. And, and Harrison's a good player, like I said, just a rugged guy who is built to play in a Ravens Steelers game. Like that is, there's going to be a moment where he delivers a big hit in a Ravens Steelers game. Put it on the books right now. Yep, yep. And I I just like kind of to my 49ers point before. I like doubling up and having these like guys like grow like grow up with each other. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it at tight end, Dennis Pitta and Ed Dixon. Uh, we saw it at tight end, obviously, with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Usually one kind of separates themselves from the other, but like... We saw maybe... it last year with Hollywood and Miles Boykin. Yep, Hollywood and Miles. So like, I just, I don't know. I like that dynamic, and I, I just think that those two players are are going to hit it off, and, and it's going to be really fun to watch them just learn a lot of football, study together, like just build off each other, sharpen each other. I think that's going to be a really fun and, and healthy process. Uh, mm-hmm. Last guy we haven't talked about. Uh, did, why didn't you have the stones to mock Gino Stone? <laughs> uh, good one. 
Um, I've been saving that one because because I had because I had my guy J.R. Reed already in like the fifth round, so I could I wasn't planning to double up on the safety pick. No, I mean the 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 special teamer pick at the end of the end of the draft is a quintessential Ravens move. Yeah. they've done they did it with Chuck Clark. Um, was Deshaun Elliott a fifth round pick? Yes, Deshaun Elliott was a fifth round pick. They do feel like the Ravens feel like safeties can make a very kind of seamless transition to playing special teams at the pro level um, as evidenced by, you know, a guy like Chuck Clark. And so it is the position does not surprise me at all. And based on what Jeremiah was saying, he thought he was a really good player and a shock that he lasted till that point, which made me feel pretty good about the pick. Um, So, you know, I don't think he's going to beat out Earl Thomas. Hard worker. Yep. No, I don't think that, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, here's a smart, instinctive, hardworking Iowa. We know the Ravens love their Iowa guys. I mean, you lost Marshall Yonda. Of course, you had to bring one in. Yeah, yeah. Right? How could you not? Had to bring in a Hawkeye. Yep. So, um, I think I think it's a very solid pick. You know, here's a guy who's been overlooked for a lot of his career. Penn State, is his home state school, didn't offer him. Uh, Michigan State rescinded his visit, like canceled his visit right before he went on it. He said, mm-hmm. you know what, going to Iowa. And then, then you know what he did to Penn State? Oh, yeah, he pick had six, like the pick six uh, them. Pick six against them, right? Pick six them. Yep. Um so, you know, I just like these smart, hardworking guys with a chip on their shoulder and, and I think it's a very solid way to, to round out the draft. I was saying to everybody in the chat who wanted a who wanted Thaddeus Moss, I wanted him too, just if not for anything else other than to get my chicken buck. Um but they were saying that or Edge Rusher, and I was like, at some point they're gonna take they're gonna take a defensive back. Oh boy, I just saw Thaddeus Moss to the skins. That <laughs> that that hurts. That one. Oh, that's hurts. great. It's just, Why? It's smile. I mean, Why look, would you do that? I I'm saying it's great just because it it puts a puts a bad ending to your you know your last hope your last hope for the mock draft. You had it right now, and that's it just completely I, fails. Do I have a corner? I, I stopped paying attention to the draft once uh, the Ravens' last pick came in. Did my last corner get picked? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta go. Where's the draft tracker? Draft tracker. <laughs> um, what? Before we wrap this up, um, what did you think of the virtual draft? Um, I thought there were elements of it that were were kind of cool and unique. Um, you know, I thought that from a technology standpoint, it seemed to go off without a hitch, which I don't think that should that should be like under appreciated because there's a lot of work that goes into something like this and pretty much everybody said like we were pleasantly surprised with how it went so um you know selfishly i was really looking forward to going to las vegas so uh i don't like the virtual draft because it cost me a trip to las vegas so well well, (laughs) roger roger told you you get another trip there in 2020 (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> Roger, I don't know what, what Roger was drinking over there. From yeah, he for missed he, draft, he messed up that one. He oh, he had a, he one. had a few. He had a few. It wasn't that one. Um, so I I mean, look, I, I thought it went about as well as you could have hoped. I thought honestly, it was it was for a lot of f- football fans a very nice diversion away to just enjoy some sports some new sporting information like there was just so much interest and excitement around it which i think was really good um i would prefer the actual in-person thing but given all the circumstances i thought it went about as well as you could have expected and hoped to be i would say it was better than expected 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, big props to everybody involved, even, you know, Ravens folks and even the NFL. I mean, you know, it took a lot. I, I would imagine it took a lot to put that whole thing on. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. You know, what was my favorite part was just the inside looks at these like decision makers houses. Yeah. Yeah. The, cool, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury one was the ultimate. Oh, the, yeah. That was that was amazing. Jer- Jerry. Oh, my God. Jerry from his like from his yacht from his yacht was ridiculous uh i mean bill belichick and the dog was yeah. fantastic i thought john harbaugh we didn't get the question in about the birdhouses but mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious is he a birdhouse guy is it ingrid <laughs> who likes the birdhouses um you know we got the gray versus purple chair that was mm-hmm. a big thing pre-draft um i just thought it, it was just kind of cool like you always want more access and pulling back the curtain. And we got a look inside these people's houses, which is yeah. just as the voyeur in me is, is like, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that was a, a little bonus. So uh, before we go, we want to say hi to our friend, friends from Ram one more time. Uh, we, we appreciate them. You know, we appreciate everything going on with the draft, but also we got to say hi to our friends from Ram this season. When you trade up to Ram trucks, you're getting power, luxury and technology. Like you never imagined. You don't become the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year for nothing. And with the Ram 1500, you can get a lot of everything. Rear legroom, a reconfigurable center console. It's all available now with a lot more storage also. Trade up for the Ram 3500 and get 410 standard horsepower and a gas engine. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and hurry in for great deals at Ram Trucks, the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. So that's kind of our instant analysis and breakdown we'll be talking about all this uh a lot over the course of the next uh, few weeks so we love to we want to hear what you guys think send us uh, your thoughts to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net do you like it uh do you want to make fun of mink for missing on every single pick of his mock draft parnell motley is still available (laughs) parnell motley the corner from oklahoma come on baby let's bring him in (laughs) bring him in uh, so send us those emails. Thanks so much for listening and uh, watching everything that we have for you over the course of the last three days. And we will be back with you this week. 